Rostabella, how you doing? Welcome back. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. It's not Saturday, it's Sunday this week, because where, where were you yesterday? Well, my wife had uh, an appointment. Oh, so I was at home with the baby. Gotcha. Oh, that's right. <laughs> little little Ross. Yeah, little Ross. I, I've been starting to call myself Big Marcus. Are you <laughs> serious? Yeah. That's funny. Man. That's real funny. Yeah. But you're, you're not a Marcus, though. No. No. no okay. No. Because that is that is actually pretty. Yeah. Because it's just like I was little Ross. I still am little Ross, and my dad really still is Big Ross. Like there, t- my mom, tons of people still say those two things. Right. So I'm, I'm I'm mixing it up a little bit. God, I love that. I love that. <laughs> All right, so we have a, a short show today. Actually, I don't know what, if it's going to be a short show or not. Sometimes we say that, and the next mm-hmm. thing you know, it's uh, you know, two hours later. Last week was a, was a monster. I think we were here for almost two hours rapping about stuff, but we had a couple weeks that we had off. Um, yep. But this week we have uh, South Carolina primary results. We have some local races. We have CMSD, which is the Cleveland uh, Metropolitan School District. There's some happenings there. And our boy... Um, I'm saying your boy, actually, Dennis Kucinich, was spotted in a certain place. Let's start with the South Carolina primary. The South Carolina primary, we have a basically a, a shutout by uh, Donald Trump. It was almost, um, let's see here, what was it? It was third, 63%, something like that? <clears throat> no, it's 59.8 to oh, okay. 39.5. Uh, Ron DeSantis comes in with 0.4% or 2,951 votes. I think that is uh, respectable for somebody who's not even in the race. Yeah, he got more <laughs> had he not dropped out, you know. I think that's hilarious. Uh, but, I mean, this just goes to show you that Trump's going to just take steal this whole thing. And um, I, I personally think, in my opinion that Nikki Haley is doing the right thing by staying in. If she has the money to stay in, and if she lowers her cost, if she keeps her budget low, look, here's the fact. She can't campaign against Trump. Uh, she shouldn't be spending millions of dollars on, on ads. If I was her advisor right now, what I would tell Nikki Haley is, is don't spend a fucking dime. Uh, keep showing up on the primaries if she's on the ballot. She, keep showing up, stay in the race, and let's see what happens to Trump legally. What would you say about all of this? Oh, yeah, that's a good point. That's a great point. But um, I, I just think for, you know, all of our neighbors' sake, you know, we got the Ohio year election day coming up. We got the primaries coming up. March you 19th. Know, for, you know, I, why I ran, I think probably in part of why you run, why, you know, we need people to run. Now, I, I'm, a, uh, I'm very anti-Nikki Haley the way I'm anti-Trump, so it's not much of a choice <clears throat> in right. my world, in my opinion. But the fact is, you know, I wish it was a robust, open, you know, thing where you had a lot of choices with a lot of different people uh, and a lot of different. It's not that. But let's at least have her in so that people can vote against Trump or vote for whatever it is she's preaching, which, you know, I, I think she's kind of a war hawk or whatever. But um, that's there. That's that's democracy right we 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 do not want to eliminate this every four-year election situation where you're just kind of given who we're given and already and i feel like it is that and a lot of people feel like it is that oh 100 is that yeah yeah, yeah. so it, it, it's really important that she stays in I, for me it's really important that marianne williamson and um dean phillips dean phillips stay in it's important that you get these independents like rfk like cornell west because it's it's not really a democracy anymore if you're just saying hey it's we're you know if the parties and the media are giving you who it has to be we have to have a right to vote for something or unfortunately more in this country we more are now voting against something but yeah we yeah, need- that, 
That's need a, a vote. Yeah, that's a really good point, Ross. I mean, there it isn't robust. I mean, the Democrats are given Joe Biden. Um, the I mean, and there are people in the Democrat Party trying to you know buck that I, idea. Um, and there's a lot of you know old school like very <clears throat> traditional Democrats that is doing the same thing. I mean, this is it, it's it, like like Julian Castro. Um, he was you know very very open about his uh, displeasure with the DNC and. And, and the way that the primary is shaking out. And and so I, I wanted someone to agree with you. We need something more robust. We need open primaries. Um, we need to make this a more robust democracy. And we're just given two, two people for the most part, Trump and Biden. Very uh, old people with very negative um, approval ratings. With with the, the Trump thing, I, I want to make the caveat that it is Trump designed this. This isn't a, um, in my, my opinion, this isn't a structure of the Republican machine. This is a redesigning of the Republican machine made to fit Trump's agenda or his image. Um, and he did that by one winning president, the presidency um, before, uh, which he was the underdog. He came in batting at 1%. And then next, you know, he just rose through the ranks and next, you know, you have Donald Trump as president. Um, and then while he was there, is he put people in position. He made sure that he endorsed candidates to get elected. He has, he, this is why he's endorsing people. People don't really, I think people are underestimating that what Trump is trying to do is just, he's playing chess here. It's, it's these endorsements for these congressmen. He knows that some are going to win, some are going to lose. And so everybody's like, oh, Donald Trump's endorsed candidate loss. Uh, does Trump have the power? It's not about that. It's about, we know that. Uh, statistically, some are going to have to lose. So therefore, he's putting people in there. So he has, you know, um, Miller over here in Ohio, plus Jim Jordan Vance. and Vance. And now he's trying to get, you know, Bernie Marino in there. And this is going to be people that are going to 100 percent support him. And no matter what he does when he is in office, he did the same thing with the Republican Party, the delegates and, and so on and so forth across the state. Uh, he's sh he's shifted up, you know, leadership across many states and uh, state parties because he wants to be able to have a party of Trump. And that's right. That's one reason why Ronald McDaniel is going to be out as the uh, the head of the RNC because because it's it's not it's, it needs to fit into who who's going to support Trump the most, right? <clears throat> and honestly, she she was just rubbish for the RNC. Not say, I mean, obviously, I don't really care, but <laughs> not my not my brand of politics. Uh, but but you, I do want to point out that this is you know this is strategic. This is very strategic. So. There's a difference between, in my opinion, Joe Biden being backed, you know, um, basically blindly by the DNC and saying, oh, that's our guy. Don't even worry about it. Then Trump coming in here and and basically strongmanning his way into the RNC supporting him. I think it's a different situation. Do, do you agree with that? I completely agree. I think that that um, Trump and Bannon are on record actually just basically admitting that saying, you know, we had we had to come because Trump, I think if you look back in the 90s. Uh, maybe even the 2000s, Trump was a Democrat. Mm -hmm, right. you know? And so I think Trump and Bannon and is it Miller, or, you know, his his close team of advisors, Peter right. Thiel, I think that they said leading up to the 2016 prime, he'd always floated running for president, even as way back as like 2000, um, before 2010. Uh, way back. He was on yes, like Oprah. He's, Oprah he's been about politics, a Democrat, you know. Uh, donor, donor, he, he, exactly. That's what he was. He was a donor class. Exactly, he's donor class, and but but he donated to Democrats. You know, he famously, I think, was at uh, or you know the Clintons were at one of his weddings. You know what I mean? Things like this. So 
Bannon and him, if I remember that was the interview I, I heard and don't quote me as many years ago, they literally said, well, we knew we had to come in and kind of steal or take over the party structure, you know? And so I think that's exactly what's happened. The RNC, you know, people like Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham, Republicans basically hate them. You know, many, many, many lifelong Republicans hate them. So the 2016 primary, you had your your traditional, your, you, had a, you had a Bush in there, you had uh, Ted Cruz, you know, you had your flag bearing uh, Republicans, you know, traditional lifelong careerist Republicans and uh, people that voted Republican their whole lives said enough is enough. We will go against the RNC. And for this guy, Trump, who all of a sudden, well, maybe uh, 15 years ago, he was a Democrat. Now he's uh, banging the drum on, you know, uh, anti-immigration things, this or that, you know, the things that Trump uh, build a wall, you know, stuff like this that he was saying uh, leading up to 2016 primary. He kind of started giving RNC voters red meat and boom, you're exactly right. They they took over the structure of the party. And now ever since he did win, again, you're right. He's the new kingmaker, right? Vance, um, Max Miller, uh, you know, we see it and, and you're right. Win some, lose some, win some, lose some, but he's the boss of Republican structure. Now he's the boss of it. You know, I, I, I yeah, I mean, 100%. I mean, there are, you know, factions that are trying to, and, and there is a, anytime you have a, change in leadership you have people trying to get in where they fit and you have you know structure you know people just moving around to um figure out where they are so you have people leaving it's kind of like in, in, in any company or organization if there's a new ceo or a new change in mission or, or leadership you're going to have people come in and go it's another good comparison <clears throat> you're going to have people say oh you know what um good example the uh one of the long-term designers of apple just left after 30 years, worked with Steve Jobs, designed, you know, all of the classic Apple gear with, with him. Um, and he just was like, you know, this is turning not in a design-focused uh, company, more of a, a cut-cost company. And so you're designing to cut costs more than designing for innovation innovation or design purposes or the, for the love of, you know, making cool cool things. And not saying one is right. I know which one I like better, but uh, but he he left. And philosophical so, differences. <clears throat> philosophical differences, exactly. And so you're going to see the same thing: is people are going to leave, and we have seen that. You know, people have left the Republican Party. People have left Congress. People have left. You know, elected officials. Then now they're going to do so other things. Either right, the guy that um, the guy that was in this seat that you run for, uh, Anthony Gonzalez. Right. You know, he was like kind of old school RNC kind of wasn't on the Trump train, said, oh, okay, I'm done with it. I'm done I'm, with I it. I leave, yeah. Exactly. Good point. That's a very good comparison, too. I mean, <laughs> he was just, he was out. So you're, you're seeing a shakeup. I, I don't know if Trump 100% ha has it yet, but I can tell you right now that he has a good 70% of, of it, and it's being shaped. And if he wins the, if he wins the presidency, the, the RNC is now the the Trump. Yeah. It, just call it Trump and C. Yeah, I mean, I... Mean, I Yes, exactly right. I mean, that's he's already there again. That's why we put this as number one thing on the list. He's got 60% of, and probably more than that. I think there's a lot of people choosing to stay home. 
because uh, they like we talked about we kind of feel like the outcome is already decided decided kind of for us mm-hmm. but of the voters last night he got 60 percent, which is now granted there's only two candidates but that's a lot if you go back and look at the 2016 primary that's a lot more than he had back then so his power has accumulated well i think that one thing if, if i was a political strategist and i was looking at this map and just off the numbers that we're looking at on uh, the new york times right now very very detailed um <laughs> i mean you're, you're what you're seeing right now you're seeing the big cities that are, are are voting for nikki haley you see uh columbia you have charleston you know and all, all of that are voting for haley so that shows me and i don't know how their primary works but it shows me that there are two things that are happening number one um republicans that don't like trump and are very happy to vote for somewhere else and i don't know i think the dnc is trying to figure out and uh the, the democrats whoever's running there is trying to figure out will the nikki haley voters vote for a democrat that's a really big thing or and or are they actually democrats you know so you have good these questions <laughs> good questions and so you have these two two kind of uh things of and do and what does those numbers really show? And I think that's one thing people have are trying to figure out across the board. Every time there is an anti-Trump vote, are they actually Republicans that are not liking Trump, or are they Democrats trying to not have a Trump, or just say, "Hey, I'm going to try to help that out in an open primary or different primary structures," or I'm registering as as, as a Democrat just so I can vote against Trump, sort of thing. And I'll you know just like grip my teeth and bear it, moving into the general. And so, and so I. The, the the number still is, you know, 150, I'm sorry, 451,000 voted for Trump and about 300,000 voted for Haley. Where does that break down? And so if if this is just moving into the general election, if this is a um, breakdown where those are mostly Republicans, I think that the Republican Party has a very going to have a big awakening in uh, rude awakening in 2024 when um, those Republicans are not following the Trump train for the most part. Um, and I think that that's what we kind of saw. I know that is what we saw in, in 2022, where we thought it was going to be a red wave, and it wasn't. And that's yeah, when we had the Trump uh, endorsed candidates going out there and they're like, "Hey, we're not, we're not, we're not falling for this." You know, some places did, some places didn't. But there is a kind of a, you know, uh, <clears throat> a stand up and say, or you know, co- coalition that says that we don't want to vote for anything that has to do with this guy. So how is that going to play out? I, I'm I'm really not too sure, but the numbers are saying that there is going to be an interesting 2024. Is there going to be a? And I don't think that the I think that the Republicans are not going to have a. Um, I don't think they're going to have an easy time in 2024. Honestly, even even though um, there are a lot of no, they're not going to have an easy easy time at all. Well, I mean, <clears throat> I think a lot of what you said about inter. GOP politics and these elections and the inner, you know, uh, city voters going for Haley and stuff. I think a lot of it applies on the Democrat side too. I think that in Ohio, there's, uh, uh, I've definitely heard of a movement of trying to get you to declare, to declare your party, to pull your primary ballot. We've always had open primaries. You can go in there and you can vote in the Republican side or the Democrat side. And uh, like I was saying, I think we're moving toward a country of full-blown voting against who you hate the most. Um, You know, you don't really have either party that can prove, hey, I'm raising the minimum wage party. Hey, I'm pro-labor party. I'm pro-choice party. You know, eh, both parties are kind of war parties now and Wall Street parties and it, it, it you know we talked about identity politics a lot last week so i think 
in Ohio, in South Carolina, in these places, it's hard to take what people are doing uh, and being able to apply it to what's going to happen in November. Because I think there are Republicans here, right, in Ohio that would be like, uh, what's the date? March 19th. Hey, I'm I'm going in there. I'm voting against Joe Biden. I'm not. I'm not a Democrat. I'm voting against Joe Biden in the primary. And I think you saw, I think what you're alluding to last night is there probably were some Democrats that went into those ballot boxes and said, I'm pulling this ballot and I'm voting for Nikki Haley. Right. You know what I mean? And again, I don't know how the South Carolina uh, Republican primary actually works. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if you have to register as a Republican beforehand or you could go. Yeah, because the they have of. two separate dates. They already did the Democrat one. Yeah. So I don't know how, how honestly it works. And I didn't look at it for this. And that's my bad. Um, but there, there there could be gaming the system. Gaming so, the system. Exactly. And so you, you bring up a good point because I want to go to uh, my race and the Republican that is running against me in the Democratic primary. Look, there's a. Republican who is a registered Republican. He's donated to only Republicans. He sits on the Republican um, executive committee for Cuyahoga County. There is nothing that says he is not a Republican and he is running in the Democratic primary. I just got an email from, um, I'm not going to say who it was actually, but uh, I got an email um, from one of the county chairs that really limits it down uh, just today that says that I'm convinced, I'm, I'm convinced that he is just trying to, you know, help max not spend three million dollars to beat me this time and, and make you expend more now exactly yeah. so this is this is obviously collusion um and so i was thinking about this and the reason why i bring this up is because of the way that we have this open primary um in, in ohio is i was thinking about the different angles of how they can game this system okay they're they're trying to make me spend money i'm not going to spend any money so uh what else are going to do well if they tell all of the you know republicans that they know to vote against you know deemer in the primary that's a way to game the system as well so i mean you you could just have you know all kinds of republican meetings around there and say hey we got this guy doug he is he doesn't have a primary opponent maximum the he does Republican. not right so so, so you what could, are you voting for unless so you, you could actually tell all the republicans say hey go over there and you know vote for doug you know he's a better candidate than matt at least we can get the radicals out of out of keep them out of washington or whatever <laughs> right? and, and so and, and so then they they do jump the ballot and they do start voting against me that is something i thought of however we do have the senate race on on the ballot yes. so i don't think many republicans are going to jump because they want to vote for marino because um, you gotta pull a, you cannot vote dem and one and republican you got to pull a republican primary exactly. ballot or yeah exactly. i agree with you yes yes you're right so yes. they won't do that but it is but it is a way to game the system yeah when i was thinking about it i was like oh this is a way we can game the system but i don't think that most people will do that because they want to vote for the they senator want their senate. just like how we had a five way five or seven way it might even be seven way when vance advanced and that was a hotly contested primary so yeah. i i think you're right about that i and that's i don't we haven't did our bets or nothing like that but um that's an interesting primary to me that's kind of like a without me knowing more because i'm not an internal i don't do polling you know things like that i wonder what's going to happen in that three-way republican primary the rose Marino, uh, Dolan. Dolan and Marino, you know, they're both three guys. They're all three guys that are not incumbents. I mean, LaRose is a statewide kind right. of incumbent, you know, but they all three, I bet, have a lot of money, right. you know, and so that's Dolan a, has the most because of his, his personal wealth. They're rich. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's an interesting race. And that is a hotly contested. I think so, rich is not the word for Dolan. I think it's called filthy. So yeah, filthy, filthy rich. rich. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oligarchs. Like, like Marino's uh, rich, but yeah, Dolan right. is Good filthy point. Good rich. point. Different classes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, yeah, well, the good news about that is when you when you put it like that, when you lay that out and you explain, you know, of course, you're going to think about it, it's your race. Uh, I don't think you'll you'll lose any votes in the primary because of that. So that that's pretty good. No, and I, I but I, but we do see that they're trying to pull some shenanigans. And I just didn't think they had the, this wasn't the right race and the right time to do those shenanigans. Um, it, but they are trying to make me spend it. They're wondering, yeah. okay, how am I going to not spend three million dollars to win this race this time? I mean. And so th- there is plenty of shenanigans to go around. And they're looking at the, the district and they're saying, like, look, the, the district is voting, uh, you know, vote, voted down the the hostile takeover of our Constitution in August. Um, so, you know, if everybody voted the same way for my race, I would be the next congressman. Yeah, and, I, and I would think, hope and think that a lot of people will vote against LaRose because LaRose was really a flag carrier right. on that effort. So if we're going to make our bets today, then I would say that um, Bernie Marino, uh, he gets 50 percent of the vote. And then they, and then uh, 30 to 4, 35 goes to Dolan and then LaRose is down at the bottom. Yeah. So um, uh, and if I'm correct. Moreno got an official Trump endorsement. Is yes. that right? Yeah, okay. he did. Okay. I mean, obviously, that's that was obvious mm-hmm. from so just, day one. Right. They're kind of like it's a web of family and connections exactly. and money exactly. and donations. It, it wasn't going to go any other way. Yeah. Well, that worked for Vance. I mean, that worked <clears throat> for Vance. And so, like you were saying, uh, Trump, actually, a lot of his endorsed candidates around the country lost. But here in Ohio, right. they've, they've won. You know, and, and Ohio went like plus eight for Trump back against biden in 2020 so and same against clinton he won by like eight points or something like that so this is you know this you could call ohio trump country i think that's fair statement um so that leads me to agree with you that moreno will win this primary i think he'll win it handily to be honest with you i think that larose already knows that he lost um i I think he's gonna come in third i think dolan's gonna come in second because i think we're gonna see a, a a nikki haley trump split sort of thing where it's going to be like most people are going to vote the Trump guy, and then there's going to be Republicans that just don't like Trump or anything he touches, and they're going to vote for somebody who's more reasonable. And that makes sense. And, and Dolan has n- notoriously and historically been the more reasonable Republican. Uh, he's I don't know about this campaign he's trying to run here because he is running a primary and he is having to you know pull a little bit more right, but he has been traditionally the more or historically the more reasonable Republican. And so I well, think, th- and also uh, I want to point out like. We talk about it with RFK that name game matters. He was just on the ballot two years ago. That's true. His family owns the Guardians. You know what I mean? Like, I think that goes further than Frank LaRose being the Secretary of State. Like, I, I don't know about that. I, I don't know about um, Dolan and I, I think I don't know. I think LaRose has a bigger, better name than bigger name than I Dolan. I don't think so. I, really? I think like I think akin to um, like the Mitch McConnells and the. Um, Lindsey Graham's of the world again. That those issue ones lost bad. Bad. They lost bad. And bad. Frank LaRose was the guy. Was like was like number one. Vote for issue. You know, vote. Well, it was one was yes, one was okay. No, but, but you're t- you're talking two different things. You're, yes, are, I am. are we talking name recognition? Or are we talking about um, brand recognition or brand feeling or brand sentiment? So that his name recognition, is, I think, will be bigger than Dolan. But you're talking okay. about his brand sentiment, saying like when you see LaRose's name, how does that make you feel? Yes, yeah, you're you're exactly right. So like down in probably southern Ohio, south of Columbus, I think you're exactly right. I think LaRose has better na- name recognition than Matt Dolan and mm-hmm. the Dolan family who own the Guardians. But I think south of Columbus, even amongst a lot of Republicans, 
it's a negative brand. I, I can see that. It's a negative brand. I can see that for multiple reasons. It, for I so think they'll probably go for Moreno. Yeah, so I think it's for multiple reasons. I think you're 100% right about that. It's I think that there's two reasons that his brand will be negative. Either one, uh, he's trying to his brand is associated with the take trend the attempted coup of our constitution or the, being a loser and not uh, fulfilling that promise of that coup. Yes. Um, and and the, there were trumpers that were against issue 1. That, right. You know, and so I think um I, I don't really want to root for any of the three. I really don't. <laughs> but uh, I, I really am rooting against LaRose. <laughs> right, right. I, I think he's going to come in dead last. I honestly think that the, it is actually the plan that I think they they see the writing on the wall. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't try to run for governor and, and he just says, no, this is done. This is a good way to get my name out there. Mm -hmm. And next thing you know, he's trying to run for governor. Um, I think who is who's the vice governor again? The Oh, um, um, uh, who's that guy? John, John Houston. 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 Yeah. yeah. I, I couldn't think of his name. Houston or Houston? Uh, Houston. Houston. The, um, yeah, somebody's going to say that we're seeing now and we're, we can't, <laughs> <laughs> can't think of a name. Yeah. But I, uh, Lieutenant governor, I said vice governor. Um, man, that was a total flop on that one. Uh, <laughs> but I think yeah, he's already running for governor. Uh, because DeWine is termed out. Yeah, he's termed yeah, out, yeah, and yeah. I think and there's going to be other Republicans coming sure, in the race. I think sure. I think LaRose is just going to throw his hat in there. I think he knows he lost. I think he knows he, he lost. It'll be interesting. I I, I watch G I try and watch Jeopardy. You know, if I if we have some time with this newborn and Jeopardy is a hotbed of the political ads for Sherrod Brown, LaRose, um, Moreno. And Dolan. I mean, you see them a lot. Like they buy up Jeopardy's ads here in Northeast Ohio, so that it's been it's been interesting. It's but like you say, it's a good lead in to a governor candidacy. It's a good lead in here. You're you're on the commercials of Jeopardy every right. night nonstop. You know, right? I, I, uh, yeah. I, so anyway, um, we're gonna make our bets. I'm gonna bet that uh, Marina wins, and then LaRose comes in dead last. I'm not going to bet against you. I, I think you're right, but I don't think that Marino will win. With he will get fifty percent of the vote. I think it'd be a little bit less than that, a little closer to a third, a third, a third. Ooh, I don't think so. I think Marino maybe will get like forty percent in a three way. I, I can see that. Uh, if, if you were going to give me, yeah, I think like a yeah. eight to ten point spread. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah a, a little, little bit lesser spread. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't disagree with that because 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 J D Vance was like a national name because he wrote that very popular book. Right. He'll be like, yeah. Marino is not that, I don't think he's as well known, you know, the other parts. He of just doesn't have a, as good a story either. Yeah, he, like, he does have the Trump endorsement. Yeah. He does have the Trump endorsement. I mean, J.D., look, like or hate J.D., J.D. had a, a good story going in there, a good background story. I mean, he he was this, you know, poor kid from, you know. Hillbilly Elegy. And so he, he was, you know, this poor person that, you know, from, and then he went to, what was Harvard. it, Harvard or yeah. Yale? I think, uh, I think I Harvard. Was, I don't know. Maybe the, one of each one of them, Ivy League, and undergrad. Right? Yeah, Ivy Leaguer, yeah. They work with P Peter Thiel, wrote yeah. wrote a book. You know, he's very successful. He had this, you know, rags to riches story that, you know, just was. Worked for him. I mean, it, it, it just works, period. Yeah. I mean, it just works, period. And so, like, there was this whole, like, um, what's the word? Aura around 
this his 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 race. He ran a horrible campaign. He just had a a shit ton of money pump into it. Yeah. I mean, what Peter Thiel gave him what ten million? Ten million? Yeah, that's crazy. And then um, you know, McConnell pumped in I think sixty mil. It's crazy. And then other packs. I mean, he didn't raise much money himself, but he just knew that he had a, a shit ton. Of, and look, Mitch McConnell was going to put in eighty three million into this race uh, after the primary Jeez. against Jared Brown. Okay. I mean, so I mean, there's just. People are saying, oh, well, you know, Marino and, and uh, you know, LaRose haven't raised that much money f- so far compared to, but do they really need to if 83 million is just waiting to come into this race? To, right. To it's almost around? like, it's almost like, like we talk about voting against, well, Mitch McConnell's waiting to spend against Sherrod Brown. He doesn't really, you know, maybe he don't really care which one of the three comes out. You know, they, I don't know that any of the three have very many policy differences, you know, but but Mitch McConnell and the that RNC pyramid scheme, you know, they're coming with the big money 100%. after after it's determined. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think that uh, Mitch McConnell is going to just see who, but I, I do think that it's going to weigh on who is, um, who who does win? You know, if it is in, in their chances as well. If if Frank LaRose oh, sure. per, pulls it off, I, I doubt you're going to see 83 million pump into the race. I don't think that he has a good of a chance to say against a Dolan or a Marino. But I mean, of course, if he wins the primary, maybe it changes the outcome. Right, but right. I, 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 do, I do think obviously it depends on who um, who it is. It, it'll be interesting to see if Sherrod Brown in a Trump state with Trump on the ballot because I don't think. Sherrod's ever been on the same time as Trump in this Trump state. It'll it'll be interesting to see how that affects his reign because he's you know he's been. No, that's a very that is a very good point. Yeah. No, but he he was. I mean, obviously six years ago he it was no. Trump. Trump's a no because Trump was twenty twenty. Right, Trump exactly. Was twenty sixteen. Sherrod Brown was twenty. Oh, you mean him being in on the belt exactly. with Trump? Yeah, because oh, I, okay. I think a lot of. Um, I think a lot of, you know, independents or, or maybe maybe right leaning independents vote for Sherrod Brown, you know, and or have the pa- his past few have wins past, or whatever. Right. You know, he's one of the few Democrats ever that wins statewide. And but we'll, that's going to be at its greatest challenge this time with Trump on the ballot. You know, a lot of people that maybe sit out Senate races, but will go in to vote for Trump specifically and be like, oh, who's the Republican running in the Senate? Right. I vote for the Republican as well. Right. Nah, I, 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 guess, I can see that. I can see that. Um, your boy, Dennis Kucinich, was uh, spotted at CPAC. And not only was he at CPAC, um, he was interviewing and interviewed with uh, Steve Bannon. And... Uh, and yeah, I didn't know that. I got it. They, this wasn't on the list. I know you, we had it in your email, but I want to hear his. his I want to hear the speech he gives because CPAC, you know, that's generally red meat. That's generally hardcore red meat. Right. And uh, I want to hear that interview as well. That's for me. It matters about the the content of your words because you know you can go in right. <clears throat> I don't care. I don't care where I go. Right. I run for mayor. I'll go to the most. If you're Clevelander, right. And, you know, but you are of certain political ideologies or leanings or whatever. But I'm trying to give you somebody to vote for and some policy ideas, right? No t- lesser tax abatements, lesser funding of the stadiums, term limits, you know, this and that. Mm-hmm. I have a <clears throat> I have a thing I'm proposing. I have things I'm proposing. And I get it. There, There's a likelihood. I'm a betting man. I would bet maybe you won't vote for me. But uh, if I'm running... I'm here to give you an opportunity to say, yeah, I saw it that way my last 50 years of my life. I like what you have to say. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So the content of the speech really matters to me. I'm shocked that he was there. Like I said, when I listen to things that are on CPAC, because I have and I do, 
it's hardcore red meat. It's like anti-immigrant, you know what I mean? Like all kinds of just crazy stuff. Right. Like, you know, a lot of pro-war stuff. Dennis is super anti-war, you know, so I, I, I absolutely want to hear what he had to say. I mean, yeah. I, I haven't listened to it yet, and I really um, am looking forward to see what he has to say as well. Um, but the fact that he showed up is very interesting because I, I think, let me just preference this to everybody. Dennis Kucinich is like the OG progressive Bernie Sanders type, right? Um, you, you say what you want about him. There was a there was a big, a big group of progressives that really liked Dennis Kucinich, especially when he was running for president. And after Dennis Kucinich ran, then it was then Bernie Sanders kind of came out, and it was just like, oh, we kind of understand what this is. We understand this brand because it was done by Dennis, and we're gonna. But honestly, Bernie, Bernie did it, in my opinion, a lot better than Dennis. Um, oh yeah, for sure. Uh, but but. He kind of, I think Dennis kind of like put that progressive idea in everybody's head. Like, oh, yeah, we don't have to be for war. We don't have to. Yeah, we don't have to 100% side with going to Iraq and blowing people up. Yeah, this is not. We don't have to do that. Thank you for saying that out loud and, right. and giving us something to say. Like, no, we don't agree with this, you know. Um, and then, you know, Bernie came in and, and, you know, I think just took that to the next level. So him being at. Of a conservative conservative um, Republican meeting like this um, re- is 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 kind of a shock. It's kind of a shock. It's not. Yeah, I agree. The, the other part about the dentist that I'll throw out there because you did lay a great backstory is that he got drawn out of his district. The DNC abandoned him after he started was saying all the anti Iraq war stuff. Mm-hmm. And now he, before he got into your race, he was the campaign manager for RFK, mm-hmm. who, who you know, was at first a Democrat and now is independent. And a lot of Republicans are like, "I'm voting for RFK," right? You know, so it's tough times. We're we're all kind of politically, or no, I don't want to say that we're not all politically homeless, but many of us feel politically homeless, and so it's just tough times out here. It's just tough times. We'll see how that all <clears throat> plays out, um, but. Moving on with this, um, give us the backstory of of the Cleveland Public Schools and the CB, CMSD. What's going on with this? And then we'll go into local races after that. But what's going on with the the school budget? Well, the story got released this week that you know because they're doing the the budget hearings. I'm absolutely pissed about this, by the way. Yeah, I mean everybody's pissed about it. Everybody's. I th- oh no, I think, not everybody. Well, if you're the one doing it, you're not pissed about. It, you're doing it. <laughs> but I think random powerless people. Um, you know, hate to see it, hate to see it. You hate to see it. Everybody say, you see something you like, I'd love to see it. I think random powerless people hate to see this, but the backstory is, goes back real, real, real far. I mean, there's this guy, his name is Raldo Bartomol. He's, he, he worked for the plane dealer while the plane dealer would let him work for them. You know, he, he wrote a lot about tax abatements. He wrote a lot about funding sports stadiums. And he said, here's the accounting, here's the accounting. <clears throat> This takes away funding from the public schools. Mm-hmm. This takes away, you know, uh, here's charter schools. You're diverting public school money to these other this other group of schools. And so this goes back to before the 90s, before 1990, I would say. And to me, it's almost like every Cleveland mayor, whether you're Mike White, Frank Jackson, whatever, it's almost your job to oversee the defunding of the public schools. <clears throat> and Cleveland public schools have you know, have had their issues and they've had their budget cuts over the years and it doesn't seem to end. And it, you know, and it also doesn't seem to end that we fund the 
the the queue, the Gund Arena, the Brown Stadium, you know, tax abatements for the the properties in the flats, tax abatements for the Galleria, other high rises, downtown mixed mixed use high rises, you know, things like this. Mm-hmm. Well, every time that you tell that you say to somebody, oh hey, to spur growth, to spur a high rise, you're not going to have to pay full taxes. Well guess what that means mm-hmm. i mean guess what that means it's pretty simple you know and so that's kind of the deep backstory uh you know and this here in, in february of 2024 is what you would have seen in february of 2022 and february of 2018 it's like oh we we don't choose to defund you know police we don't choose to stop giving these tax abatements we don't choose to stop funding the haslams or dan gilbert we're we're defunding one thing the public schools and I just uh, want to go on the record that i'm not for defunding the police by the way Ross. oh okay fair enough but the you can't keep giving right we all get a tax bill we all pay property taxes april 15th we're coming up i gotta do mine i haven't done them yet you can't say you know we're gonna keep giving we're gonna give 500 million or 750 million for a jail or for you know a, and defunding the police is a, is bad terminology, right? With law, what the police is is kind of law enforcement. What the public schools is is crime prevention. And so, if you <laughs> if you don't want fourteen year olds getting bound over as adults, you know what I mean. If you don't want a fourteen year old to commit a crime, be bound over as, as an adult and be in, in adult prison for twenty five years or something like that. Well, guess what you need. You need strong communities. You need strong public schools. You want people that want to live here, raise their kids here, you know, do well, be accepted to any colleges, you know, all that good stuff, all that good stuff, you know. And so there's every, we all budget, everybody budgets. You know, we talked about, are you going to be buying McDonald's anymore now that a double cheeseburger is 429? You know, there's only so much money to go around. In Cleveland, as was seen this week, they have huge deficits, which means after school programming, which means they probably won't be able to roster as many teachers, you know, things like this. So they're, they got cuts. They got a hundred million plus of cuts. They got to make cuts. It's the same old story. Yeah. Actually, I think this is a much more egregious than you actually laid out. Um, it, so I'm going to have to go a little harder. On I this like one. it. Fair enough. Fair <clears throat> enough. Um, this isn't about, this is about choices that you're making. I 100% agree with that. And in all those choices, when it comes to tax abatements, when it comes to um, what we're going to fund and what we're not going to fund, when it comes to let me, let me lay it down like lay it down like this: we had how much was it when it went COVID COVID money? How much was it? Five hundred twelve million. Five hundred. I think five hundred twelve million extra dollars came to the city of Cleveland because of COVID through um, three years ago. Three years ago, five hundred twelve million dollars. Sixty eight million dollars was in the hands of the Cuyahoga County. Um, uh, county county commission what are they called council county, county, county council. council and the the county executive uh they squandered that they absolutely squandered it as like little slush funds they divided it up between all the council members and then they just spent it on bullshit um golf courses on golf courses and that's that's the most notorious one it's <laughs> that's like, the hey, most notorious let's one. uh re- let's refurbish and, and renovate a golf course <laughs> four million to a golf course in like parma or something exactly and so we ha- now we have a secret vote this was a secret vote the other day to fund a new jail that was almost a billion dollars and it's gonna be around 2.2 billion dollars of operating costs over the next 20 years 
And that was not done publicly. That wasn't done by the people for that tax. That was done by county council doing a midnight session and rushing this through so nobody had anything to say about it. We have the Haslams who own the Cleveland Browns uh, buying property in different parts of the county and threatening to move the Cleveland Browns from Cleveland into a suburb if the um, if the if Cleveland does not give them money to redo the stadium, basically holding one of the pillars of Cleveland and economic uh, pillars of Cleveland hostage and blackmailing Cleveland to give them money, which is going to be another billion dollars at least at most, maybe about two point two because people want a dome, right? And at the same time, all this is happening, money's in the bank, the $512 million, $68 million in county council, then this other spendings are, are happening. We have a, and I want to quote this, we did not foresee, says the mayor, and because this is where the egregious part is. It's not that there is a hole. Fine, we can understand that there's budget deficits. We did not foresee the scale of the budget hole, he says. We did not foresee it. Means that there was irresponsibility and incompetence or n- willing ir- irresponsibility or incompetence or, or or complete fraud or or corruption through that whole process that leaves them a $168 million hole in their budget. This was not just, hey, you know what? We, we don't have this much tax revenue, so hey, we, we have a budget deficit. This is, we did not foresee. And we did not foresee is an admittance of negligence and the ability not to do your job. The mayor of Cleveland is the CEO of Cleveland. Regardless if you like it. And actually, I think J- Justin Bibb came in and said, I'm going to change this to the CEO. This is I'm going to run this like a business. Right, right. And if any businessman was the CEO of a company and they had a $168 million loss that they did not foresee, this is absolutely unacceptable. It's egregious. And it's egregious. It, it, it pisses people off. This is why people have been moving out of Cleveland for many decades. You know, if, if you if you know anything about correlations of property values the quality the quality of schools matters significantly matters significantly and so this is why a lot of people have been moving out for 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 many decades um the one other part that i'll add in was like mackenzie scott oh good point who uh jeff bezos uh and her got divorced and she got like half of whatever the value is of when right, they were together like 50 60 billion dollars billions yeah. of dollars made her, i think it made her the uh richest woman or the second richest woman right great <laughs> so she immediately started doing actual philanthropy right <laughs> and uh gave cm wanted to give at least tried to give no, i think she gave she, she gave it. i'm yeah. saying she gave 20 million right for what she felt was the kids and then they circumvented it, and I guess the kids got they sixteen million of it. They said does it is not going to go to what she wanted it to go to, dude. I don't have all the facts, dude. You are one hundred percent right. And actually, that is one. Of, I actually texted my my team earlier, and I said there is no way that Mackenzie Scott is not pissed right now. Right. There is no. I mean, twenty million to her is like us going out and buy, buying a, a a burger at uh you know McDonald's. It doesn't matter to her. What it matters is is how these things are being used and the the spirit of what it the is. The spirit of it, right? Exactly. Exactly. She didn't give twenty million dollars to the CMSD for because bureau- she didn't want bureaucrats, bureaucrats, yeah. and all this stuff, and to cut, pad up the budget, no. the deficit because of irresponsibility. She gave it because can you do something good with this? And I trust that you will. Right. And they did. Yeah, you not. can't be in charge of it once you release it. You know, once you write to cut the check. You know, you're, you're hoping that people are going to be as well-intentioned about it. If you give $20 million for books alone, right? It should go to books alone, you know, exactly. something like that. 
Uh, it shouldn't allow uh, manipulation of the budget otherwise or new salaries to come in somewhere else or something and like see, that. And this, this is, and this is the thing. And I think that it makes me it makes me that that actually part makes me just as upset as everything else is because because we want there's this thing like we hate billionaires. There's this whole this hate for people with a lot of money. And then you, everybody says like, well, why don't they do something good with it? And then you have this situation where somebody's actually doing trying to do something good with it and they get they get screwed over and now it's almost like a justification saying like what do you want us to do yeah this is this is something that jeff bezos could lean on and say well this is why i keep investing in myself and 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 saving in my bank account or doing whatever he does right because he he's richer than her i don't think he's she'd given to akron too she gave like three million to akron um urban league or something like that right you know a lot of people aren't doing this and and this is like I think every, what you just said, unfortunately, matters. And, and unfortunately, it, it does. Matters. And I think it matters to her. I mean, I, 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 you know, you have to be a very, and I, she has the money to play with this a little bit, but you have to be a very, very understanding person to get 20 million of your dollars just squandered when you had a, a good intention for it and still want to do philanthropy. Yeah. Here's how I would look but at it. But I don't it. think uh, the way that you said that, I, I think she wants to give to kids and give to the public good, but there's no way to do that without, unfortunately, putting in the hands of these people. And so that's what I was going to say. If it, if I was Mackenzie Scott, I would sit down with my team and I would go, look, that didn't work because these guys are assholes. Um, Robbing the public. How, how can we do this now and, and make sure that it, this gets to the part? And I would, I would restructure the, the whole thing in the philanthropy, either it's through scholarships or grants or personal grants or going into neighborhoods and buying property and rebuilding different things like community centers and calling it the McKenzie Scott Community Center or something and funding it. Like whatever it was, I would change my whole thing, but she sees that this doesn't work. So again, you would have to be a very, not only creative, but very determined person to say, okay, I got robbed. This is what happened. I got robbed, but I still want to do the right thing. And I'm going to continue to figure out ways to do the right thing. And most people would, I would say after things like this, most people just quit. Like, oh, I tried. Right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy. I'm gonna go buy a boat. It's tough. It's 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 really tough. And you know, this is why I ran for mayor. This is why people keep moving. They see the misappropriation. They see, like you always talk about, the Pentagon can't pass an audit. You know, things like this. They see the misappropriation of our tax dollars, and we don't mind paying for infrastructure and schools and libraries and things like that. And we really mind when you give our money to billionaires or somebody else that can't afford Ford, then you don't, then you give them a tax abatement or some other type of game or scheme or something like this. And you know, you let Dave's grocery store close down and you give the West side market $20 million or something. It's like, why can't you balance this better? We have full communities here. We need grocery stores. We need public schools. We need libraries and we need roads. You know, it's like, where is your balancing? Why are you so clueless? (laughs) 100%. I, I, this, this story just pissed me off because it's just, Again, I can't, I can't highlight enough how this was either deliberate incompetence, or or just straight up incompetence. And there is no way that this was an accident. This wasn't an unforeseen event. And if it wasn't, that's what I'm saying. Like, no, there is no win for whoever's in charge here. And I really, really, really hope that the voters um, and the people from now until you know election day for the new mayor uh, do something about it because this is not not acceptable this is this is absolutely not acceptable um that's right unless we accept it that's what you're saying let's 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 try and let's try and do better probably 
<laughs> do we want to talk about any of these local races really quick or, or no? You know, not really. I think that um, prosecutor is a good race because prosecutor races around the country get a lot of get a lot of um headlines and right. our people are very passionate about them and you know they label people uh weak on weak on crime or weak on law and order or far or far left um <clears throat> you know trying to tell the cops they can't do this you can't do that you can't do your jobs <clears throat> i don't th i think those are all exaggerations I don't think any of that's true with any prosecutor in the country or with many candidates in the country. Uh, I think that our two candidates are, you know, the establishment and a, a young guy challenging the establishment. I think it's an interesting race, uh, but I don't think uh, I don't think that it's going to change law and order or the uh, bindovers or death penalties or doctors that are performing you know, uh, women's health issues, you know, I don't think anything will change, but I think that people's passions about, uh, far left candidate or, uh, tough on crime candidates. I, I having worked in the justice center and seen a lot of criminal court and stuff like that, those are really exaggerated narratives. They're really exaggerated narratives. Uh, but me personally, um, I like, Matt on our challenging guy. He's a, a Cleveland state law professor. I know the prosecutor that's in there, O'Malley. And I don't, I don't uh, think low of him. You know what I mean? I, I think that the prosecutors do a pretty good job. I wish that they wouldn't go hard on the death penalty. I think we waste a lot of money and it's inhumane. Um, but I don't know. It'll be an interesting race on March 19th. And I think it does matter because it's Chicago and Miami, wherever prosecutor races bring out people's passions. You know, that's what I think. I think that this is I don't think that this has anything to really do about the prosecutor race this is a bigger symptom of of the um, Cleveland um, environment. And yes, the, you said it better than me. Yes, you said it better than me. Um, this is this this race is just um, a reflection of, again, Ross, we've talked about issue 38 here and. The people's uh, budget. Issue 24. Um, what was issue 24? That was police accountability. Right. There, there's, there's, been, there's been people, there's been grassroots-led initiatives to try to have discussions about the city, about the neighborhoods, about the budget, about where we should be um, investing in, in communities, in, in education, and all kinds of different conversations that have been tried to be had by the people from grassroots, and it's not being heard. And issue 38 as flawed as it was, was a conversation that people wanted to have about their tax money. And now we see what's happening with the CMSD and the budget uh, shortfall. We see what's happening with the jail. We see what's happening with all this different funding of different, of, of, ta of your taxes in the, in the dead of night and so on and so forth. And this is just another reflection of the support for Matthew on isn't saying that we don't like O'Malley, I think. It's saying that I think the the most passionate of the grassroots does dislike sure, O'Malley. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah. sure. Sure, that's that's a possibility. Yeah. But I, I think personally I think it's more of a reflection right. of of the all these conversations yes. coming together and saying like, well, if we can't do this, then we'll, we we can't do this, well, then we're going to do this. Yeah, yeah. Right? And then if we do this, then maybe you'll start listening to us and then we don't have to do another thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, I it's just I it's just built up. There's a lot of pent up 
pissed off. We want change out there. And it, like you're saying, every single year now, it's like there's one issue that manifests. Like there's what you're doing and there's the fact that we don't want you to do that anymore. Right. You know, and and you're right. There's not uh, – doesn't seem to be hitting. It doesn't seem to be hitting the DNC, the Democratic Cuyahoga Party – County council and city hall it doesn't seem to be hitting them. You know what I mean. Issue thirty-eight and the people's uh, budget. I know this remind everybody the people's budget was supposed to give how much? Sixteen million. Fourteen. Fourteen million to the people to spend their taxpayer money, hopefully on the communities in different ways. Right. Basically, it's it's start saying, a little process. Start yeah, a little democratic. Here's process. fourteen million dollars. People, what would you do with it? Right. You do this because obviously the government's not doing the thing that I wanted to do. My opinion of it, it was completely flawed. The legislation was flawed. The way it was written was flawed. The administration of it was flawed. It was all flawed. And so, however, with that said, the spirit was there of, of saying like, hey, look at me. The, I, I really want you to listen to how I want my community ran. And there was a effort against that. Oh, yeah. It was, and it wasn't just about the, the money. It was about we do not want to listen to what you want. Right. It was a huge campaign against it. It, it. it wasn't about, and it, I could, look, they, they can find $14 million. Well, that's what these people are saying. Look, we know what you're going to do. You're going to be doing, like we come back to our uh, the beginning of the conversation. This is what you've been doing since 1985. You've been giving arena billionaires millions of our dollars and taking it away from the kids who are certainly voiceless. They don't even have a vote. They're not even 18. They can't even vote, you know. But, and so saying you're blowing our tax dollars, just like at the federal level on the military budget, you're blowing our tax dollars. Let us work on a park or, you know, put a speed bump here or there. Or I, think, I, think like the be- I think the best example was, you know, let's put some roofs on older people. Put some people roofs on some old people's houses. That they can't afford it because they're on uh, Social Security right. and their, their roof is starting to go, go bad. And they, this is their house that they live yes. in and their form of wealth and their va- and program. their generational transfer of wealth. So can we fix their roof? Great program. Great I would, program I, I would happily give $20,000 yes. of taxpayer money to fix an old person's roof that can't afford it because they're on Social Security and their retirement in their, in their, in their later years. Right. 100%. Right. 100%. People that have definitely paid well over $20,000 of taxes in their lives. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Contributed to their community, raised their kids yes. there, went to work there, bought their groceries there, yes. went to went to sports games. Oh, my God. I contributed. Mean, contributed exactly. to the community. Get a, get a, get a yes. roof. And so, again, people see this fiscal waste that you just railed against with the defunding of, of the schools and, and the not even knowing, not you don't even know until the budget hearings comes up that you're going to be short on it. You know, it's just like, what are you doing that we can't ourselves do? You know, what are you doing that we can't ourselves do? You know, uh, like I said, uh, the but the, the, the issue 38 was flawed. It was totally flawed. <laughs> I'm not going to. And I disagree with that, I know you disagree. Okay. Yeah. I know you disagree. Uh, but I, but again, I, it's it's the. The spirit of it was right. there. The spirit of what it was doing is there. And again, this prosecutor race is just again another layer of that. Somebody's trying to say something, and 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 and, and nobody's listening. Yeah, right. Exactly. And, 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 That's and instead, so well said. You and all, instead you, of listening, yes. they're gonna swat it down with a big political movement. And it's like, no, no, no. We get it. You have a ton of experience. You know, your policies are shit. <laughs> right. We get it. You have all the experience. Your administration is <laughs> shit. The, the, the way that you're paying attention to the, bo- bo- uh, the budgets are shit. Yeah. The, the, the ideas that you... We're in agreement. Yeah. Ross. Good stuff. Thank man. you very much for coming out this week. All righty.